There's no escaping destiny, and not everyone is destined for greatness. These are their stories. a show where we play pen and paper RPGs in which we've randomly determined as many things as possible, including characters, villains, names, places, and other doomed stuff. It all comes together to be a very random encounter. I'm Wheels. I'm Logan. I'm Lee. And I'm Greg. Are you sure I've said doomed before it feels, on this know, end, but feels feels great it's for the fight. It feels good now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've been doomed a lot, so... Yeah. It's also just, yeah, it's also in the aether, too, like in real life. <laughs> Sometimes, sorry, I should, shouldn't have gotten that real. But <laughs> I'm just going to give the recap, you know? It's against the rules. The host usually, the the, the GM usually doesn't. But I'm going to give the recap. The um, Hold on, let me update this on the on our permanent record of infractions. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a demotion. <laughs> I edited it um, two days ago, so you'd think... That it would be right up there. Let's see the scenes well, that we I had. To we it had two days ago. <laughs> we had an, uh, a confrontation between Anita, Blood, and skateboarding octopus. It culminated in Blood uh, murdering the octopus, but it was it felt good in the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the execution, uh, <laughs> we kind of saw Blood come to peace a little bit with her. The fact mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. she's very good at gunslinging and and kind of what that means for her and then on anita's side of things anita went and talked to stargoon who was uh in fact not just a hat but also a big ball of magic in a void uh, bound by chains the two of them had a nice chat about you know how to fix everything and and do all that good stuff uh it, that scene culminated with anita releasing stargoon from its chains and with the implication that that chain releasing went both ways that as anita freed stargoon it also freed anita from the pesky laws of physics (laughs) (laughs) among other laws Mm -hmm. all laws yeah we didn't really get to see what that means for anita um yet but but we know that she is back with blood and the Two of them were very close to where the day and M's hang out. And also then we did the book's rules about how to figure out the end, uh, which is to say we drew all the cards. Turns out the day and M's and Stargoon slash Silgar are both successful in invading the real world. So yay, great job. (laughs) I think that's all the recap we need, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're there. You make it, finally, after all of this walking down, 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 down into the roots. And I mentioned before that as you got closer, you heard all of those celebratory sounds, you heard the music, and that celebration is coming to a head as you are rounding kind of the final corner in this twisting tunnel downward into the depths of the roots. 
And as it reaches that climax, it's not even like the climax comes and then things quiet down. It's at the the apex of when everyone is cheering the loudest. In a snap, it is suddenly silence as you round the corner. And you see a familiar sight, which is that old stone door with the names Anita, Blood, and Sud carved into it. Mm-hmm. This is the door from before that had the... Was this the one that had the scary things behind it? Or a pass behind it? Yeah, or? this was... Um, behind this door was where Adam and Eve and the snake and the angel that <laughs> y'all killed and replaced with Sud, where they all hung out, was behind this door. The door was originally erected oh, by, right, somehow right. Okay, by the snake. Not three doors. And, one door with yeah. all the names on it. Okay. That's okay. right. And it the snake was setting it up to be your personal hell, since hence your names mm-hmm. being on it, but clearly that was that, that effort was thwarted in the first chapter, but that's, that, that stone door with your names on it uh, near the Garden of Eden is still there. This, is, this isn't really pertinent to what we're going to do or anything, but Anita does reach up and just brush the carving away with her hand so that it doesn't say our names anymore. Oh, like you, you use magic to just blank the slate? Yeah, I feel like it's slightly different than before. Like, it's not like she's casting a spell. She literally like manipulates the stone as if it was like wet clay to, to go away. So it's, it's different than before. Do you say anything about it to Blood? No. Blood definitely I- just looks at Anita like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, the actual so, uh, fuck? I guess... I'm, uh, I don't have any more tethers to the magical power that uh, I have. Uh, I th- that was the part that needed explanation. W- when Wheels asked that question, I was I was like, "Well, blood understands. We don't want our names <laughs> on here anymore." <laughs> so you're just like, uh. I don't really know yet, mm-hmm. but I can definitely okay. do that. Oh, I like it. It's an improvement. Also, I felt really confident that I could before I did. So, um That's how I feel. That's how I felt right before I shot that octopus. Hey. Oh, cool. Oh, it's a puppet? <laughs> I I mean, it's a puppet now. I don't really <clears throat> know. Look, I sh- I just I shoot the gun and what happens after that is uh really on the thing that I shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how they decide to handle it? that. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how most Creatures handle it, but, uh, you know, props for being new and different. Uh-huh. When you're a magic skateboarding octopus, the rules don't <laughs> necessarily apply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do y'all head on in? Yeah. The layout is the same as you remember. If you recall, it was like, it was oriented kind of like a, a guard's tower or like a fort. I mean, it was a randomly generated dungeon <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes, but when the layout is the same and... All of the details are basically the same, but instead of an actual dungeon, it's like, have you ever, have, have all three of you been to like a Disney World or Universal Studio, like a really yeah. heavily themed theme park? Me and Lee have been there together. <laughs> this is a themed queue, all of us. It, it's the, it's the dungeon, it's the hell that was created for you. Oh. But it's now just like, it's literally like there's like little... What do you call those? Um, uh, the things that make the blind. It's yeah. Like the, oh, the I can't think of the word either. Velvet but... ropes or whatever. Yes. Yeah. They're a little roped off. Thing. It's like a little roped off. Lot. There's no one in the line. There are a few televisions that are just playing like 
Actually, all of them have uh, cartoons of Apple just doing like, you know, Mickey early Mickey Mouse style cartoon hijinks on like a bunch of screens like entertain that would be there to entertain guests who's, who've arrived. So but far, this hell is fucking up because this is delightful. <laughs> but it's a little eerie because there is no sound. Oh, whatever. <laughs> you mean no sound on the video? Like, no big deal there. Or you mean no sound, like, period in this room? I mean, there is sound when you walk in, like, of your footsteps, but it is kind of eerie to be in a place that looks so visually... Populated? Decorated to ha- to not be making... having any sounds of its own. It's like being in the factory and not hearing anything, almost. Hmm. As you walk through, though, as you walk through the queue, it leads you up to... I suppose where Sud is. Sud? <laughs> yeah. What's been happening for you in the last bit is simply that the Danims had the wildest party around you. And, and, and in one moment, you are in like a full on frat house in the roots. Like there's overturned tables where people were playing impromptu ping pong over just random table. And it's just, it's just a complete frat boy party mess in there because they're literally animals um, so they partied like animals but then coinc- you know maybe you don't know this but coinciding with when Anita and Blood opened that door all of it around you turns into fake too and you find yourself in that disnified version of what, what this place used to be for the three of you and you see Anita and Blood rounding the corner and you realize like you are standing the the portal that you usually guard that you're used to having like the garden behind you you're standing in front of a track with like a cart behind you and Anita and Blood have turned the corner and like five seconds ago you swear there was a party here but the three of you are reunited again is it happy this time? (laughs) um I mean I I don't know (laughs) I guess that's really confusing right this moment. I mean, one, is Wolf still there? Um, that you tell me, uh, is Wolf more your friend or do you think like if Wolf reacted like similarly sad that we had helped at Dominique? Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, I think as far as like how things went down. Wolf was abandoned in a cave and then somebody came along and it's been super nice. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that ends because the people that abandoned (laughs) in a cave came back and had a party. Right, yeah. I think think in that case, then Wolf is still with you by your side just as you, like, nothing changes with Wolf still right there. Probably slept through, like, was even sleeping through the party. (laughs) Do I even, do I feel like I have the sense of duty anymore? No. Hmm. I I mean, I just look at him. What did you do? I bet you didn't think this is how this was going to turn out, huh? No. Yeah, me either. I mean, I, you know what they say, if you're going through hell. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. <laughs> uh, does that mean the three of you are getting in the cart, or... Sure. Anita, Anita does. Oh yeah, I'm ride or die for Anita. So <laughs> <laughs> We're, it's a literal ride this time. 
I think movement is new. Oh Again. god, yeah, it's probably gonna be queasy <laughs> as hell. <laughs> like I think he just I think Sud just stumbles forward and like Wolf who could move this entire time immediately like comes over and props him up and like without any better option gets in the cart. Like <laughs> Like that's all the I mean that's all the exercise you yeah. <laughs> you can do for you can manage for today. I mean I think everybody can tell like there's a profound sort of like deep depression <laughs> for yeah. Sun. Like like what did they what did they even yeah. do? What was this even for? What is even happening? Mm-hmm. And I think he just gets in the cart and sits quietly in the back. Like uh-uh. <laughs> the cart starts to uh, creep forward. And you are moving into a tunnel. I, as the cart starts to move, I pass a, a ginger ale. And I'm like, yeah, I got to keep these around. It gets real nauseous in, in a different, you know. I, I get nauseous on the land. <laughs> uh, my uh, is, it, is it a can? Uh, I pictured a bottle. Okay. You would know how to deal with a bottle. Okay. <laughs> staring at a can like... Okay. There's something in this? (laughs) It has weight and a thing on the top. Uh, I think he just holds it because movement's still not great. Oil can! (laughs) (laughs) I set a cart, but I'm going to retcon because I think it's better if it's a Epcot style like edutainment mm. ride where you're yes. like where it where you're like seated you're like seated horizontally next to your friends and it like swivels so you actually like don't have peripheral vision it just points you exactly where the ride wants you to be looking at full 360 spin around type thing as your little pod goes forward and into the tunnel you hear a voice say hey friends it's been while which is not a voice you recognize <laughs> but projected in front of you is a figure you mostly recognize huh. because it's apple but it's <laughs> i'm delighted to hear apple's voice but it is apple apple is the head of a person it is a person with apple for a head i don't it's like a that woman in like in like a 50s sundress, uh, but she has Apple with all of Apple's weird tongues. Well, this is a horror season. <laughs> <laughs> and everything uh, instead of a head. And, and Apple, yeah, Apple says, hey, friends, it's been a while. I'm glad you came to my ride. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Thanks for taking care of me. Now that I can talk, I can say thanks, Anita. Oh, well. You know, you rarely get that kind of validation from somebody you've taken care of. Uh, I figured it might be meaningful. It, it is. Th- thank you. Before I get going on this, um, this ride is kind of more your educational than your purely thrill ride, so I need to kind of gauge where you're already at knowledge-wise. So no judgments here, but on a scale of 0 to 10... Could I have each of you summarize your familiarity with the following subjects? Number one, the Fermi Paradox. Oh, oh boy. I think Anita probably is familiar with the Fermi Paradox. 
Give me one to ten, zero to ten, for each of you. Oh yeah, ten. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think Anita's an eight. Said zero. Noted. <laughs> next, next subject: the Bible. Uh. <laughs> uh, Bloods. <laughs> I think Blood says mm, seven. <laughs> wait, uh, wait. Which Bible? This is important. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, uh, um, I think whichever one you're closest to. Hmm. I I don't have a lot of familiarity there, except for the stuff that we've literally experienced. Um, I'll give myself a two. Fud. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> and finally. The idea that the universe is constantly expanding. Oh, yeah, that's a 10. Yeah, 10. Zero. <laughs> Your world has kind of stayed the same size for a while, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calibrating the ride. Here you go. Welcome to the new tree of life. Uh, yeah, so Apple says, welcome to the new tree of life. And as that happens... The ride turns and you're out of this kind of black space with just Apple projected. And now as you round the corner, you're kind of moving away from this projection of Apple and then an animatronic of Apple like catches up and is now riding alongside with you. Like, I'm so proud of you. Look at you with a body. Well, it's animatronic still. Um, (laughs) That's still a body. The... The animatronic now is not the only thing lit up. And as you enter in, you start to see the, um, what the ride itself really is, which is that uh, you are slowly, well, at a medium pace, a, a nice stroll. You are spiraling upward um, what looks like a ho- the hollowed out insides of a tree trunk. Mm. And it's hollowed out such that you are you are spiraling up it, and along the uh, kind of the, the those interior walls, like uh, attached or like pinned to the walls, are taxidermy scenes where the taxidermy are all Dayanim creatures. Like you recognize Ox, and you see, you know, once you get to one of the aquatic ones, you see Octopus. Mm but they are all just taxidermy or puppets or mannequins or animatronics. Um, but they are all acting out these scenes that are very emblematic of their species. So Ox is, of course, pulling a cart. Octopus is, uh, is like Opening using... a jar. <laughs> right, it, exactly. I think, that's, I think that's exactly what it is. Opening a, opening a jar to get at what's inside. They're all doing <laughs> these things that are very emblematic of of what their species is. And so that's kind of your visual as the Apple narration continues. And uh, now that the ride is calibrated, Apple can begin its explanation and say, it's actually uh, been a little while um, and some things have changed since you last saw me. I used to just be one thing, your friend Apple. But now I'm more like three things. Number one, I'm your friend Apple. Hey! Number two, uh, I know it, you probably wouldn't have recognized her because, well, usually you recognize faces and she doesn't have that anymore, but this, and Apple gestures to its its body, remember Viola? 
She was possessed by aliens. No. Actually, Anita, you're the only one who would remember Viola, who was possessed by aliens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. Got it. It was in the ODD season. <laughs> now, now I'm her head, and now I'm possessed by aliens. Oh, oh no. Do you, is, uh... It's fine, I'll get to it. The number three thing that's changed is I am now the fruit of the new tree of life. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Aren't you happy for me? Uh, are you happy? Golly, I am. Uh, I need to get super serious and like does some like magic lock on and is just like, Apple, let me know if you're in, in any distress. Give me some kind of sign that you're in distress. <laughs> you don't get in. It doesn't seem like that. Okay. Okay. It's like what you do get, though, is for better or for worse, like and, and this will be made clear as Apple continues the explanation, but it's like. For better or for worse, what you've done have carved out this spot, this like role for Apple that it's like in retrospect, ap at retrospect, Apple was always built for. It's like you mm. built a destiny for this thing that was an accident. So it's maybe not like the perfect niche for any given person, but Apple wouldn't have had one likely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so you can sense some kind of contentment there. Cool. If you're kind of looking magically. Yeah. If if Apple likes it, then I love it. Apple continues and says, We often think about ideas as being completely independent from the material world. But I think those of you who've been here to the roots know that it's at least a little more complicated than that. You see, it's true. We can't have any thoughts without something to think about. But reversed, there can't be a thing unless somebody's imagined it already, right? Right! It, like, continues. as It's, like, Blue's Clues style. Like, the ride animatronic just continues. Blood's just kind of, like, slowly nodding her head. Like, I... <laughs> sure, I get this. I'm getting this. Definitely. And so it stands to reason, if you got a bunch of people together with strong imaginations... You could imagine a whole bunch of new things that wouldn't have been around otherwise, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Are we supposed to answer out loud? <laughs> Swiper, no swipe, no. Um, <laughs> now, I'm going to need you to um, bring this back to your own experience now. You have connected a sentient alien species, and you've given it into the hands of human archetypal Religious symbology. Now, that's new. <laughs> Bad. Can you connect these two dots like I can? Anytime you put two people with different ideas together, you get a lot more possibilities. Mm. You just put together some people with some different ideas, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we tracking? Yeah, yeah, different ideas are great. Let me just hear it back summarized to make sure. Can what do you summarize for me? I, I think we all like hang on to see if, if Apple's going to go like, great, great explanation. <laughs> I think what happens is like, if you start to summarize, uh, Apple will, inter will interrupt like partway through. But Ap <laughs> it does. It, Apple waits long enough. We are like, oh, do I have to? So <laughs> I'll, have, I'll wait. I'll have one of you try to start summarizing it. 
So uh, Adam, we we gave we put Adam and Eve together with a plant species from another planet, which is two different things for sure. That's right. Now <laughs> this is where things get funkier. Mm. Anita, you're disconnected from the laws of anything now. Uh huh. Certainly you've recognized, and actually, Thud, you stand next to, uh, the energy of creation and blood living in the depths. You can probably relate to the idea that outer space, energy, the depths of the ocean, magic as a concept, <laughs> these are all fun little boxes, but at the end of the day, Space is magic, is water, is memory, is creation, is ideas, it's all the same. Now, you know the Fermi Paradox, the one about the aliens, and if there are aliens out there, why haven't we seen them? Well, anytime you got a sentient species thinking new ideas, you're thinking new ideas that imagines new things that need space to go, and so the universe expands. Whoa. You're saying every conscious thought that we have that is a product of more than one person thinking literally creates that thing in the universe? That's right. Now, this is where it gets kind of sad. And I think, like, at this point, um, you get into, like, some of the, like, scarier creatures, uh, like, that Earth has. Um... So you start to you start to get into like the more like nocturnal uh, part of the ride, and so you're like in this like bat this cave with like bats and things. And oh, I hate this part. It's genuinely terrifying. And Apple says, "Because I'm possessed by aliens, I know that. Well, you're gonna start to see uh, different ones. You've seen aliens before, but and thud." You are aliens before, <laughs> but... Wait, you mean blood? Is Sud an no, alien Sud. too? Thud's an alien. Blood's not an alien. Blood's from here. No, Thud's blood's, an alien. Blood's also blood. an alien, right? If you go far enough back. Okay, blood is descended from aliens, but lived on the earth. Okay. Yeah. I think Sud was actually born here, but his grandparents... I was born here, my grandpa was an alien. It was the ghost of an alien, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then they're, they're in a similar situation. This thing that you've done good or bad i don't know i'm just here to freeze time the moment after you did it so i can explain this to you and then unfreeze time and we hope it goes well but this thing that you did it's gonna expand the universe much faster away from you than has ever happened before and in that space will arise more sentient species than you can shake a stick at but They'll all be new, based on the combined imaginations of humans and these uh, planty guys. Anything that was in the universe before that imagination is still out there, but it's gonna start getting farther and farther away than is dimensionally feasible to travel. Does that make sense? Sure. Does it actually make sense? Mm -hmm. That like. Yeah, like the. 
now that you've got all these new ideas coming, it's expanding the universe too fast for you to ever reach another civilization that was out there. I mean, yes. I wasn't planning on visiting the edge of the universe anyway. I didn't know that that was a feasibility before. So why would it be bad that there's more? I mean, Fudd will never see his family again. Oh. Or never know his home planet. My family died. Yeah, I don't think Sud necessarily wants that anyway, so. Then this is great news! <laughs> and then the lights, the lights turn on. It like goes from like the sad, scary one to like happy. Oh. <laughs> I do have one question. Uh-huh. Are you saying that we're coming with you or? Yeah, do we no. stay on Earth or we just can't visit these places? Oh, well, you... It's just you're the you're gonna be here on on Earth unless you want to leave. Um, it's just that. Think of it this way: you've chosen, whether you knew it or not, you've entered into an interstellar marriage with this weird plant you've never spoken to. Right. And so, it's not a polyamorous arrangement. <laughs> Any, you're not gonna. This is the end of contact between you and any species that aren't thought up by you and the plant. So no more of the aliens that are put... Once I unpause time, the aliens possessing me will be too far out to reach me. Thud's home planet will be too far away to reach here. Any other aliens out there already, you'll never meet them. And so it's sad in a more hypothetical sense. And the ones we've already met are gonna be too far away now too. I'm, I'm, I, I thought I was following this right up to the end. Uh, that sounds. I mean, this is just out of care. That's that's right. It's that like the aliens from ODD because like those weren't the ones that you chose to hand over to your own symbology. Like those weren't connected to your your kind of thought processes and your ideas. Those weren't the aliens you kind of chose in the way that you chose this plant alien and so yeah. yeah and like now that you've chosen this plant alien it's like the universe is going to start expanding outwardly from you so fast that you'll likely never see any of the other types of aliens again i feel like that's not entirely true uh correct me i mean I'll, i feel I'll, i'm i'm not bound by any rules anymore i feel like yeah i, I feel like whatever the fuck i want <laughs> <laughs> like having knowing that everything is one idea and if you think about it with what happened with magic space doesn't matter if you just want to get there hard enough mm. so it could be like adam and eve think that this is how this is going to work but they don't know that anita unbound magic um i like yeah i like keeping in this this conversation in the edit and to just say that like this is what apple because apple is just basically in the same way that Viola was trying to communicate in human words this alien, all these alien thoughts in her head, Apple is doing the same thing. Apple has come to this understanding based on those aliens' understanding of what's about to happen in the same way that they told you what was going to happen before the last sort of magical explosion. They're doing that <laughs> again through Apple. And I think, yeah, and I'm, I think... You're right, Greg, that they are probably wrong on a larger sense because they have no idea about Silgar, Stargoon stuff. They have no idea about the magical explosion that's about to happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> right. And, 
that's at least the story you get from Apple. Um, but like, even on the other side, like Anita's, even if Anita knew for sure she couldn't visit like anything, that would never stop. Like making this decision would be like, we can't visit those people, so we don't want these other people to even exist. That seems like cruel to to Anita, at least. Does that make sense? Well, part of it in my deciding about this is like. You didn't care too much about the consequences when you handed them the plant. So, like, some of these consequences are going to be kind of cruel to you, right? Yeah. Like, it was a big, like, you weren't too interested in learning more about what the plant was going to do. So, it's like, there are a lot of unintended consequences of what you have done. And one of them is that by scientific means, you won't be able to travel. This is essentially my answer for, like, you won't be able to travel to, like with a rocket ship to a lot of these, the places that you could have. Um, mm -hmm. You can probably magically do anything, but you are essentially like making it so that for these, for the people of earth who are non-magical, the people who have to just go by <laughs> science or that, if you know, if they're just going on a rocket ship, they're not going to make it to Sud's world anymore. Like that's just yeah. a consequence. And same for if, uh, you know, the, the aliens that blood descended from, you won't be able to get there from a spaceship anymore. Like that's, that's the consequence, right? Is that they are physically too far away now. Like, like once time unfreezes, yeah, the universe yeah. will expand so fast that you won't be able to physically get to those places and they won't be able to physically get to you. Yeah. We, we, we don't have to worry about regular humans for anymore. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know about all those details. So I'm just telling the details yeah. that I know. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. So the story as it is so far from Apple, as Apple understands it from Adam and Eve, is we we have the plant. We have used this to take our two separate entities, merge them together into a new thing. The outcome of that, as far as we know, because we just know the parts that we know, is that everything is going to expand away so quickly from you that you'll never be able to get to any of it ever again, any of the things that you've already seen or met. And that's that's what we think is going to happen. But right now, we, we have frozen time. So we're just telling you what we know right now in this frozen moment. Exactly. And you're not going to talk to us again because we're also going to be gone. Mm. That's precisely it. Yeah. That's why they froze time. That's all. Yep. Oh, so, so Apple will be gone from me. As far as, well, at least that what... And Apple, I think, explains that too. somewhere along there. You know, we can say that there was more of that explanation than the audience hears. But I think the gist of it is that, like, Apple will probably go back to just being more animal like once the aliens are no longer possessing it, like probably won't be able to speak to you. Mm -hmm. But will just be the Apple that you knew before once the aliens can't possess it anymore. But the ride continues and Apple just keeps yammering like you get the picture but apple keeps talking and and it's it's nice and it's fun and, but eventually it just it becomes more about what you see around you and it becomes apple describing these scenes and telling you fun facts about the animals as you go up and up and up and up um, one thing that strikes you is that adam and eve the humans they don't have like a privileged place in this new tree of they're just like any other of the animals. In fact, they're portrayed in a more um, like prehistoric human hmm. sense of just like what prehistoric humans, how they would have lived. And <laughs> and it almost looks more like a diorama, like a historical diorama. And it's strange because you're used to Adam being this 
very loud figure and you're used to Eve being very like bright and you can't see her face, but it's just like, at least in this new tree of life, Adam and Eve are just two members of the human species in this larger diorama of life that you're going up. And it's like that symbolic, a lot of that symbolic meaning seems to have fallen off in this combination. Mm -hmm. You keep rising up and seeing these little scenes. Anything you want to chat about before we get to the top? I think, I think I got it. Yeah, I think I'm just enjoying the ride. You make it to the top and you haven't seen the light of day in a long time. And so it's probably pretty bright. You reach the canopy and at this point it is just foliage. And this is where you see so much of the influence of the plant because these aren't leaves around it. This is like, it's it's something vaguely plant-like for sure, but you know, you're not, you know, you're not botanist, so you don't know, but like these aren't ever, these aren't leaf shapes you've ever seen. This is something completely new to you. And once you get to the end of the canopy itself, your cart just kind of stops there, like a Ferris wheel at the top of the ride. And you can see like to the, you're very, very, very high up, like um, not above the clouds, but you're scratching the clouds and you can see so far. And it's striking to you how much of earth really is just ocean. You can see some land off in the distance because you are by the coast, but you just see the open sea and you look down and you see this tree just spouting out of uh, the ocean. And that's where uh, the Apple animatronic uh, turns and says, uh, well, this is, uh, it's the end of the ride. I was supposed to make like a gift shop for you to exit through. Budget was tight, so is time. Just kidding. Neither of those <laughs> is the case. <laughs> but you're all magic of some sort or whatever. So I figure you can make it from here. I make a little a Apple action figure that I'm holding. <laughs> Oh, that's cute! It's me! <laughs> anyway, I'll leave you to it. Uh, enjoy the rest of the park. Have a great day! You too. Uh, and then the animatronic, like, sinks back into the tree, and you're just... And your, you know, your harness unclicks like you're at the end of the ride, and you're just seated there on top of this colossal new tree of life looking out. I put my head on Anita's shoulder... Like, I'm standing beside her, you know? And I just lean my head over on her shoulder. And I say, I hope they do it better this time. Yeah. I think Anita's used to the fact that when you've left the roots, you've felt depowered or cut off, and that is no longer the case. Mm. You are com you have everything at your hands. 
the ideas that were shattered, the commandments that you were bound by just aren't a thing anymore. So I have a question, Greg. The rules are broken for her. Are they broken for any magical being that uses magic? Yes. Okay. (laughs) All right, great. Because I think Blood's about to realize some things about herself. Yeah. (laughs) Please continue. So the next few days are days of discovery around the world as the city of Atlantis re-rises from the sea. Oh, hell yeah. And a creature that looks familiar, albeit softer, uh, has appeared out in front of the city of Atlantis. And every news faction covers it, but anybody connected to magic can feel it. Uh, And the creature says, We are Star God. We have come to set you free. Oh, I saw this show. It was weird. Anybody (laughs) who had any connection to magical power has all of it. I really hope Stargoon tempers Silgar. (laughs) The power dynamic has immediately changed. And those that were once hunted uh, now have full means to fight back. And for a short while that they do, there is a lot of worldwide panic and change. But it doesn't matter for long, because Silgar's plan, tempered by Starkoon being reunited, does indeed end humanity. Whoa. Because from that day forward, no child is born without complete connection to magic. And... The species that comes from that day forward, they no longer consider themselves human. Well, that's going to be quite a transition. Yeah, I think what we should do then is just maybe get an idea of what Anita and Blood and maybe some of our other characters through the season, like, where are they in a year or two? Like, maybe that's that's kind of how we ended out. Yeah, sure. for sure. Like, Where are they in this new, where are they all in this new world? So, you know, Anita doesn't super love the, like, all-powerful thing. Um, and when she talked to Stargoon, Stargoon said that the power could be like delegated. So rather than being like one incredibly powerful person, she shares it, you know, with everyone and works to, for all these new people who just now, or like new as people are born. Um, I think she just starts the school for, uh, for the new folks, humans too. electric boogaloo. <laughs> What's that? What's the school for mutants in the X-Men? School for gifted youngsters. Fuck yeah, that's what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, she would definitely reach yeah, out. Great, 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 great grandson H. <laughs> <laughs> God, yes. Oh, clearly this is how Hella Team happened, huh? <laughs> Damn. My quick one for, Adam, like I already said, Adam and Eve, like those symbols, Adam and Eve, like those symbols just like don't exist in your religion, <laughs> like any religion anymore. It's just like Adam and Eve, there's no longer a sense of like, the first two humans in this new articulation, like, but Eve in particular, in some ways still lives on because of her efforts, uh, like covering herself in all of that imagery. She ends up living on by like combining her, her figure with a bunch of other like secondary or tertiary biblical women. So now she is like, the same figure as like the three or four Marys that aren't uh, that aren't the mother of Jesus that are in the New Testament. <laughs> She's like folded herself into Ruth. So like all of these figures uh, are like and and across like th that's just talking from like Abrahamic traditions, but like across a bunch of all these religious contexts. Like no none, no one would know, but but those of you who met her that like. Whatever was still a person about the Eve half of Adam and Eve, unlike Adam, that Eve part still kind of does live on. It's like through those symbols in a weird way. Like whenever you hear those characters being evoked, you end up remembering the Eve half of Adam and Eve. Is she like a physical being in the world? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. But if you had a great idea where she is, I'm open to it. Yeah, I, well, I was gonna kind of, I was thinking of like, um, she's sort of just a figure that pops up from time to time doing this or that. Yeah, so maybe she is, but it's like, she stops existing for a while and will start existing. <laughs> like, Yeah, but I was gonna say, I think she and Blood are like friends in a whatever way you can be friends with a mysterious being that only exists sometimes. <laughs> I like that. And uh, you're certainly not unaccustomed to strange yeah. friendships, so yeah. A mysterious yeah. being who only exists sometimes describes Anita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's the only kind of friend Blood has. <laughs> so that's my epilogue for Eve. Adam toiled so much, he like toiled himself out of existence and out of the human record. It's just like he spent so much time trying to find that last creature that once he did, there's nothing left of him anymore. So I think the ramifications of this for cryptids, since I was a cryptid um, for the yeah. second part, um, mm -hmm. is that they are, they don't have to hide anymore. So they just become full on a part of society. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like most cryptids are associated with some sort of like deviancy, like the chupacabra mm -hmm. eats things or like whatever, Bigfoot. I don't know. Bigfoot is sometimes stealing your children and sometimes just like. A peaceful guy in the woods? I don't know. <laughs> Just waving um, at cameramen. So it kind of depends on the ones. But I think like like anything, there are good people and bad people. There's like good cryptos and bad cryptids. But mm -hmm. either way, they um they just sort of are all out there doing their thing now. And uh, Bud did <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Can I suggest that Bud, like, 
we could end on going to like but it does it's a baby shower and buddy is the littlest the littlest little oh that's <laughs> yeah that's yeah. really cute that is at least a scene that we yeah, see it's in this montage a scene. For yeah sure. yeah and <laughs> yeah so i think that's one of the things is that crypto's just sort of out now that's wonderful yeah and i do think blood probably spends like some time in the deep and sometime on land sort of mm-hmm. you know doing things with anita and the school and whatever and i think you know because she was the the magic that she had uh, bound her to the depths she's no longer bound to the depths anymore she doesn't have to you know that contract is broken because of- and i imagine that the sharp distinction of like the the normal world and the depths mm-hmm. is probably that's not a thing that, anymore <laughs> exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah so i think like the 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 whole time i kind of alluded to like things that she was trying to do there with like mm-hmm. having them be less secretive and like less archaic and just bad <laughs> <laughs> i think that she, talk to somebody please yeah yeah she's like definitely all of her followers now were like oh great yeah we're this isn't how we're living anymore like Wait, her fo- her instagram followers are <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> those two um, <laughs> now now that magic is real and and nothing else is uh instagram followers are called <laughs> Um, so yeah, she spends part, spends part of her time like helping them sort of build this new society that's kind of open and free and people can do what they want and whatever and helping Anita with the school and, and that kind of thing. I love that. Another one I'll add because I forgot it is that I forgot to talk about the plant itself. I think all across the world, both underwater and on land, this plant starts to... It can live in almost any earthly environment now because of what you've done. It, it's like, it can live anywhere. Um, it doesn't have like a negative impact on the ecology though because it doesn't feed off of physical nutrients anymore because you've put it so firmly in symbology that like it is this global organism where the nutri of life is like the center of this one creature that has its <laughs> that has its roots its root system all over the world and it's like it doesn't talk to you or anything but it like it is still sentient you do start to realize after a few years or, or people start to realize after a few years that like this plant is exerting its will in ways that you know you kind of have to look for but you can find it in that like it is like shaping some of earth's topography and like sometimes it almost like makes friendships with people and like uh because it has complete control over how fast or slow it grows so it can almost like grow around you to communicate and so it creates this new relationship it's like people have their relationship to nature and then in addition to that they have their relationship to the nutrient of life but it's kind of that same kind of relationship um but it is different because it's like uh, it's like finding out your that that Mother Nature had a brother, and <laughs> now you're getting to know Brother Nature too. Mm. 
and that's kind of what it feels. And like, brother nature has moved back in after all of this time. And like, there's a lot of new. It's kind of a deadbeat. Uh, leaves all right, his right. clothes around. <laughs> you don't. You don't really know what to expect. But yeah, that's that's what the plant kind of what the plant ends up being. It's this like additional nature figure that exists all over the earth, centered on that new tree of life. From that day forward, Stargar is forever visible in the world. There's just this large magical being that is watching everything that people just get used to because Stargar doesn't really do anything anymore. Uh, mm. It's just there to be, to be like a physical like a sentinel, manifestation. It like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think the first. 10, 15 years of trying to get the school up and running are difficult because people quickly realize that they can man manifest the things that they imagine and mm. things get dark for a while yeah. as, you know, people work out all of that in actual reality and huge swaths of the population just disappear mm. like no longer bound to where they need to, where they think they have to be, they're just gone. Hmm. And I think that's a huge shift just across the world and across the universe. The economic impacts alone <laughs> uh, is just that it is it is unbound, untethered, uncontrolled magic. And as much as there's a school to put things to make sure people understand the new world it is it is never under control it is never used like as a spaceship or as any of those things it is now completely an unbound primal force that people instinctively now tap into to do whatever they want and society isn't or like it just becomes what it becomes i think for owen to have that connection like Probably Owen just travels the world because he can now just be anybody and mm -hmm. access anything and just exist. Truth be told, Sud doesn't survive this process. Mm. Sud was already xenophobic and was like humankind's number one protector. Mm -hmm. And after... 150 years of protecting something that absolutely failed, and then this, Sud just lets it go and ceases to exist. Like, <laughs> he is fully and completely lost. It's like the world moved past Sud yeah. two times at least yeah. <laughs> and uh, in I, our story. So He yeah. doesn't even, I don't think he even reaches out to say goodbye because every like everybody else, like Anita and Blood, all are fully a part of this world and he just isn't and he just dies and lets it lets the world go without him anymore so if Sud has died at some point Anita and Blood will realize that and I mean this that's how this started was them all together you know 
have a scene of the two of us like at a I don't know if a grave is the right thing though. No, I think a bar. A memorial a bar. We're just, we're there just you go. like toasting. Pouring it out for Sud. Yeah. <laughs> What's like a silly Sud story that didn't make the that like didn't make the cut of the season? Like because the three of you had been friends before the events of the, sh- of the yeah. season. So, like, are you reminiscing about those things too? I think we would. I think one of the silly things would be we'd try to bring that up and we'd think for a long time and be like, <laughs> "Sud is not was not a silly man." <laughs> that is yeah, plus, like, remember that time when y'all had to go back? Oh, wait, no. No, Sud was really serious. About well, there that. was the no. Oh. <laughs> that was somebody else. Oh, he ended up killing that squirrel. That wasn't really good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to Sud. To Sud. Off in the distance, you hear a howl. <laughs> <laughs>